I hope you guys have a great positive day. And as I always say, I'm helping you. You're helping me. We're helping each other. We're all in this together. So in this story, I'm going to explain some things that I didn't really talk about on Facebook for a while for the last two years. I kind of avoided it. And it was nothing wrong. It was just some legal issues I was going through. And I'm finally getting wrapped up finally. So, um... This is when I actually was in New York and why I left New York and came down south. I'm going to do two episodes to this, but uh, let's dive right into it. So I think it was the year of 2018 and 2019. And actually, previous to that, I was just heavy on cocaine, molly, and drinking. But I was a functioning addict. So I wasn't somebody that you would see under the bridge, but I might as well have been there because I was living with no food, cannot pay my rent, didn't have a job. I was basically borderline going to be homeless but thankfully you know shout out to the people you know who i'm talking to directly that helped me out you know during those rough times let's just say their names amanda carr robin kane crystal kane and um there was a lot of other people too during that time that helped me out and uh so um you know this is all gonna lead into it listen to what i'm saying here please and do understand is that i did this because it worked for me i do not suggest you go out and do what i did everybody's story is different so um, for those years, you know, I was just, you know, living in um, uh, basically I had gotten an apartment in like 2017 um, and the landlord screwed me. He had the lights were getting shut off in there. I was paying rent to him. Actually, I forgot exactly when the house uh, is getting taken by the government and they don't pay their t- uh, their their mortgage on it. But basically, that's what was happening. I was paying him money. He was screwing me. And I was in this house. I was doing Molly. The lights were turned on. There was no hot water in there. And eventually there was no heat in there. And I was just comfortable with being in a dark space in my life. I was really comfortable being there. I used to go sleep over at other people's houses. They would drop me back off there. Uh, you know, shout out to Robin. I remember her telling me, I hate dropping you back off there. But I had actually become comfortable with being in a dark space. I had become comfortable with living uncomfortable. And that's another message in itself is that sometimes we become so uncomfortable, uh, become, uh, become comfortable with what is abnormal and that was me for a while and I was just in that apartment and basically what I did was I moved in with my friend Robin shout out to her I had gotten a job um moved out got my own apartment 550 a month studio apartment up there in upstate New York um everybody knows where I'm from that's listening to this probably but if not it's a little town in upstate New York there's a lot of little towns outside the city and uh, so um, I get my own apartment, I get a job, I start working through a temp agency and remind you, this is two, this is like two, three years prior to this now, you know, now I have my own business, obviously, and things is going a lot better and life is a lot smoother. Um, still at my days, but so I start working for this temp agency and I, I work for this place called DHL. I don't know if I should be saying their name, but whatever. I work for this place from DHL and I met a lot of amazing people there. I really did. But a lot of people that were really um, stopping themselves short in life because they thought that was the only place they could work for. And shout out to Anthony. I wanted to say that too, is that he started his own painting business. And I know he worked at DHL, but I knew all those people there knew they could do more, but they just thought that's all they could do, you know, because those were, it's a lot of warehouses up in upstate New York. If anybody's from there, you know what I'm saying? You got your retail jobs, like, you know, you got Target, you got Verizon and stuff. Other than that, there's a bunch of warehouses and it's just, you know, the winners always come in and, you know, every year and it's just, it's what you make of it. I don't really believe it's the, it's upstate New York. That's the problem. I believe it's the people's mindset. That's the problem. So let's get that clear. Schenectady's not the problem. Albany's not the problem. It is fact of the matter is people's mindset. So, um, so I start working there and I'm still doing drugs. I'm literally like, um, starting off hard at the job, doing overtime 
and I start doing drugs on my day off because I used to have Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So I'd start partying on Saturday, Friday night and go all the way through Mon- like till Sunday, sometimes Monday. And, you know, your birds of a feather flock together. So I started meeting people there that did drugs, too. You know, like me and them would party. You know, you weren't I wasn't hanging out with the people that were doing good things in their life. I was hanging out with the people that were going sideways and weren't on the right straight and narrow. So um, I met up with them. And I just remember life started really just spiraling downhill again. You know, I would just, you know, do Molly all weekend, sleep Monday, go back there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, have no money. I mean, I'm barely making anything at this job as it is. I'm, I'm struggling. And I, I know how it is to struggle as it is without an addiction. It's even worse when you have an addiction. I feel you. I really do. I've been there. I've been there. I've been, had, I've been there where there was no job and addiction. I've been there when I had a job and addiction. And it's like you're, fight, you're fighting. You're fighting, to, you're, try, you know, you're fighting to try to get your life right. You're fighting to make more money. And it's just like you're going nowhere. And I'm here to tell you it's possible. I'm here to tell you it can change. I own a business now. Things are going well. It's, it's possible. I'm speaking to you. I know how it feels. I'm not just reading this out of a book. I didn't see this on TV. Someone didn't tell me this story. I lived it. It's possible. So I'm just me, relate, I'm getting in these relationships I had no business being in. Listen, if you have an addiction right now, you have no business being in a relationship. You have no business being in a relationship, even though you may love that person, you know you love that drug more. An ex-drug dealer once told me, never get in a relationship with somebody on drugs because they will always love that drug more than they love you. So I'm in these relationships, they're falling apart. Everything's falling apart. I can barely get into work because I'm drinking the night before. So I end up leaving that warehouse job and I go to another job and I start working at a telephone company where, you know, the old (laughs) phones they used to have in middle school and used to call your mom when you misbehave or they had in the office. Well, I was working with a guy and he was redoing phones like that and he'd resell parts out of them and stuff. And a good guy had, we had our differences there. Um, I always believe people should teach if they've, they've been through something like him. He was dyslexic. He was able to make a really good, great business. Can't take it away from him, but he had really bad communication skills and that's what he lacked and I felt that he really took a hard on people and he should know how it is when life takes a hard on him and should be compassionate but not everybody's the same way so I get that job that job doesn't work out at all start a t-shirt company find out that I'm not doing it correctly I had to shut the t-shirt company down failure after failure after failure keeps happening to me I know what it is when you keep going after something and do or do not, there is no try. Trying is just thinking about it and attempting to do it. Either you sit down or you don't. Either you go to work or you don't. And we are, you guys are out there and you're doing your best and it's just not working out. And I'm here to tell you, keep focus, set some goals and keep telling yourself you're going to make it no matter what. Strive to be on top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Strive to be on top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded. Listen. You know, what you're going through right now is only temporary. Don't make a permanent decision on a temporary basis. So I'm working. I, I, I lost that job. Then I get another job at the solar panel job. And this is where things start to change. They start to get really, 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 really dark. 
So I'm working at the solar panel job and I'm making more money. Surprise, you start to make more money and you start to spend more money if you don't know how to manage your money. And that is me. I am the prime example of what a loser is at this point. I am working a job. I am in a relationship that is failing. I am off the wall in this relationship. Put it where your mind should go, how I was. And uh, just things are falling apart. I knew I loved her. I knew I loved myself. I knew I wanted a normal life. I just couldn't beat this addiction. I couldn't beat this addiction at all. Man, it was killing me. Almost just tears starting to come to my eyes now. Because I know. I know how it feels. You know? You're starting to lose the ones you love. You're losing yourself. You're losing your job. And you know you have better inside of you. You know you do. So, uh, you know, one day I get this really good paycheck and I go out and I go to the mall and I go with my ex-girlfriend and I spend money on her. And I, well, after I spent money on her, I, um, I go back home and um, I, I go get cocaine. I actually seen the drug dealer at a gas station, surprise. And I'm off to go and getting cocaine. And uh, so... That night, I stayed up all night. I had to be to work. It was a Sunday night. I needed to be to work by Monday. And I'm up all night. And I, I call the guy the next day at the solar panel job. His name was Joe. And I go, hey, listen, Joe. Um, I cannot come back in. I, I have a drug issue. I need to go to rehab. So Monday morning, I mean, I guess I went to sleep that night. Tuesday, I get up and I go to rehab. And life can change for you. You need to be ready. You need to have the ears to hear what God's saying to you. You need to have the eyes open to see what God wants you to see. But too many times we have this divider up. We have this divider up because we think we know what's best for us. And we really don't. So off the rehab I go. I get dropped off there. I get the intake process. And I have a hardened heart. I don't want to be there. I don't think this is for me. You know, I'm on probation at the time. You know, I feel like I'm going to get violated. Everything, all the stakes are against you. I just want you to remember this, right? Is that when an airplane takes off against the wind, it takes off against the wind, not with it. A diamond's formed under pressure. So I'm in the rehab. I get in there. And uh, shout out to the guy Calvin and shout out to the guy Derek. There were two older black males that were in that room. And then we had a, a Puerto Rican guy, Jesse. And the reason why you're saying why you're naming race, because listen, I'm going somewhere with this. Jesse was a cool kid from Rochester, and Calvin, I forgot, was from Rochester, and I forgot where Derek was from. But um, these, Derek and Calvin, were me in the future. Remember I told you you need to have the ears to listen what God wants you to hear and the eyes to see what God wants you to see? Because God's going to speak to you, and you never know when it's your opportunity, like Eminem says. Don't miss your opportunity. It's your chance to blow. And little did I know that my opportunity was right around that, right around that corner. Listen, change can happen at any moment, my friend. It can happen at any second, any hour, any day. You just need to be ready to take that opportunity and go with it and blow with it because it may just be that one shot was your chance to blow because opportunity only comes in a once in a lifetime, like Eminem says. So I'm, I'm sitting in that room on the bed. Remember, I had my leather jacket and my nose ring. I kept playing with it. And 
Calvin talks to me and he goes, you know, I'm 45. I was a truck driver and I just kept beat, you know, it felt like I was just cutting corners in life. You know, I'd go to work and I'd go home and drink and nobody knew really had a drinking issue, but it was huge. And uh, that was me. I was cutting corners on probation. I was I was beating drug test and I was just doing the wrong thing. Calvin said, but I ended up I ended up here. I ended up playing myself. I wasn't beating anybody. I was just beating myself into a situation I didn't want to be into. And that's what Calvin said to me. And I said, wow, that's me. That's going to be me in about oh, 10 years if I don't get it together. And that's why I said, that's why God needed me there. The ears to hear and the eyes to see this is you. And then there was Derek. And uh, shout out to Derek for having this talk with me. He looked at me and said, if you stay in defense about doing cocaine and not doing cocaine for the rest of your life, you're eventually going to commit suicide. He said, I had my own business. I went to college. I was raised in a good home. And I still ended up going to prison over this drug. And I said, that's me. You know, I had a little college. I want to start a business. You know, I, I come from a very decent home, you know, besides going to the boys' homes, which one of these days I'll talk about that, too. That was a big part of my life, too. Uh, and uh, so I, uh, I, you know, I heard what he said. And I said, you know, you got Calvin over here. That's me. And you got Derek. That's me. That's me when I grow older. If I don't stop with this drug issue. So that night I went to this meeting and you know how they have you sit in these meetings at rehab and I was an inpatient. I went there and uh, this woman, Crystal, says to me, she, sa she doesn't say to me, she says in a group, she said, everybody in this room could build a nation, all the addicts in here because of the great minds that we have. And she starts to talk and for the first time, you got to have the ears to hear. Well, God wants you to hear. Remember, keep your ears open, your eyes open what to see because God spoke to me through her. Life spoke to me through her. Whatever you believe in, sometimes people, they're going to talk to you. God's going to talk to you. And then so all of a sudden, she says this. She says, you need to be your own best advocate. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. For years and years and years, I let other people's opinion of me become my reality. I would have, you know, the judge would want me to go do this. The probation would want me to go do this. My girl, ex-girlfriend would want me to go do that. My family would want me to go do this. And I would do every run around, doing everything else, pleasing everybody else. And I'd never make decisions for myself. So I got up out that meeting and I laid in bed. And I remember the next day came and I didn't go to the meeting. I refused the meeting, but I was thinking heavy. God was really working out of me. And I was there two days and then my um, ex-girlfriend called me. And I know she's been wanting to leave New York and, you know, it's crazy because this kid was like, you know, um, he was talking about North Carolina. Can you get to North Carolina? And I was lying out my face. I said, yeah, I can get down there. Yeah, I can get down there. And really, I knew if I left this rehab, I'd get violated on probation. I have nowhere to go and end up in jail. So my ex-girlfriend went ahead and she called me that night and I talked to me and she said, hey, I got approved for the loan. Where do you want to move? You know, just being cool. I want to stay out of my mouth, California. And she's like, well, no, because she I went to Johnson & Wales at the time down in Charlotte. And I didn't even know what a Charlotte was. I didn't know everybody was moving down here. I wasn't part of the bandwagon, so I want to get that out. And, you know, it's funny because me and that kid were just having that conversation before. And it's funny because actually four years prior to that, I was trying to get down south. And it kept failing. And it kept failing getting down here because it wasn't my time. That's another message in itself. Sometimes it's not your time. You keep going after something. You keep having failed attempts. And you think you're a failure. And it's really just not your time. You haven't developed yet. But... Little did I know that she just got the loan and she said, okay, well, I said, well, I'm leaving this rehab. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And so she said, okay, I'll come get you. 
Now, a lot of people say, well, she should never came get you. Her coming to get me is what got me clean and sober from there on out. Everything falls in place sometimes. Like I said, I was being my own best advocate. I'm going to start making decisions for my life. Now, obviously, probation wasn't happy that the probation wasn't happy that I went there. But you got to understand this is that um, I did the court thing. I had gotten in a lot of trouble with the legal system. I am an addiction. The only thing left for me is two options: prison or death. Or you get out of the state and you change your life around. And I chose the third option. I did not choose prison. I did not choose death. I chose to change. I, I chose to get out the state. I didn't know what was going to happen when I left the state. I took the step of faith. So that next month, that night, once you picked me up, guess where I went? I went right to the casino, got drunk, and got high. But the next day, that was Sunday. Saturday, she came and got me. Saturday night, I got drunk and high Sunday. I went to my mom's house and said, I'm leaving to North Carolina Monday. Sunday night, we sold. I sold my whole apartment. I got rid of my TV. I got rid of my um, my mattress. I got rid of everything, and we were off to North Carolina Monday night. And little did I know what was about to happen with my life. Listen, your life can change in three hundred and sixty-five days, my friend. It did for me. I didn't know when I moved down south that I would become clean and sober. I didn't know at all. There was a lot of temptations. There was a lot of anxiety. Actually, it got really difficult down here because I didn't have a job. I didn't know anybody. And a lot of mental health issues that I had started rising again because I compressed it so long with drugs and alcohol. But little did I know. So we packed up the apartment. We got in a car. We put in Charlotte, North Carolina. We headed down here. And that's when the whole life started to change. And I'll leave that for part two. Headed to Charlotte.